still not sponsored by Duncan. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Remember when the morning show used to be simple? Yeah. Now I've got buttons to push. <laughs> I've got crap to read. I've got two cameras. I have a live studio audience in the form of Jay. <laughs> What's this so complicated uh, now? What are we doing? I love it, though. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's the morning show. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And today we are going to make you so happy. So happy. We're going to, if you're, uh, if you're dealing with the current crisis. The quarantines. Not just in the United States, but the entire world. Yeah. And, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And you're watching ads on YouTube like Nicole is right now. I didn't mean to. I wasn't in, I wasn't in the chat room. Maybe, maybe this might brighten your day a little bit or something, hopefully. Uh, but we're going to talk about woodworking. Yeah, we're not canceling this. Because... Yeah, well, because this has always been our own little introverted show that yes. we do. It's our own version of Wayne's World. This is our own social <laughs> distancing. Where we're just in a basement, you know, doing a show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we won't be. We won't have to cancel. I guess with the kids being home now. I mean, oh, that's the clock. The clock's wrong again. I thought you were going to fix that. I did that. fix it. You know what? You know what you could do with that clock? Why is it wrong? Monday. It says it's Monday. What in the? Jay, you were there when I fixed it. Yeah. I fixed it multiple times. That clock is broken. Aww. Though, I don't know what we're going to do. No. We're okay. going to fix it. So, let's get to business. I want to thank folks who helped us out at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash woodwhisperer. Uh, as always, these lately, we've got quite a few names. And uh, I need glasses. But we are... I can't even read that. Yeah, but you don't have to. Uh, we actually have maybe another 12 for the next show. So we're going to be caught up very, very Woo-hoo! soon here. Travis Bart- Bartness, John Hall, Lucian Lasaki, Brian Welling, Michael Stockdale, Brian Schmidt, Jeff Smith, Dave Claghorn, Christian Sapp, Cliff DeYoung, John Carpenter, Sly Herr, Daniel Sheridan, Tom Goss, Corey Pelton, Stephen Stribling, Adam Elliott, Richard Wasrick, Donald Kirk Schaefer. He's got three names. That's cool. Uh, Sergio, Jeremy Long, Evan Mulden, Scott Dennison, Jason Small, Nathan Rewerts, Terry Turner, Scott Sutcliffe, Gonzalo, Michael Lusk, and Redpoint Woodworks. Can I say something about Jason Small? Nope. I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. So the guild started in 2009, and I actually have a list of our founding members, and I believe Jason Small is one of those founding oh, really? members. So One of the three. <laughs> but still watch what we do. They don't stick around. They don't care. You know, uh, my hope is that they uh, they came in, they came they learned and they went off and did something with that knowledge. Yeah, that's, that's what I like to think. Yeah, it's probably more likely they just got sick of me. Mm. But, uh, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, so we have a, a ton of questions, ton of questions. to get to. Before I do that, <clears throat> hey, what, speaking Nicole, of what, what can I do for uh, you? Our Patreon. Some of our Patreon. We, we're trying this new thing where I'm we're sending out little video thank yous. Oh yeah, that thing we do. I haven't done it with everyone, but uh, if yeah. you had signed up recently, you might have gotten a video from us saying thank you. Yeah, so. it's a fun thing that we do. Yeah, uh, Usually it, it consists of Nicole holding the camera, and I'm doing something in the background, <laughs> and my eyes get really big, and I say something like wise. I, I'm a little wiseacre. Yeah. At, well, unfortunately, I had put my finger over the microphone on a few of those. <laughs> I feel so bad. Thanks for your support. I'm sorry. We're learning this thing. Mm -hmm. We're always trying to do 
fun stuff. It's all new to us. Okay, uh, right. so I want to show you guys something. Show me. So recently, we started to move some things over to an official Wood Whisperer store. Oh, yeah. Outside of the Guild site. Yep. Uh, this is just an organizational change that was part of this whole process. We finally got around to doing it. So as part of that, I decided that I wanted to start making more premium versions of our quote-unquote free site plans. Uh, and they are... I mean, it's not to compete with the Guild by any means. It's meant to be a PDF or a paper plan that just makes it a whole lot easier for you to build it. And they're priced really uh, inexpensively, like $5 or 10 bucks. So I just wanted to show you a little sample here. Uh, this is the, the one that's really selling really well, the quick high-quality shop cabinets. You had cabinets. so many people ask for it. Everybody was asking. I actually didn't make a plan for these because they fit my space specifically. <laughs> they were... Uh, uh, I had to notch around a concrete footer, and people kept asking for it. And I was like, well, all right, fine. I'm going to like change these plans and make them suit just about anybody's shop. So I got rid of the notch. I got rid of the additional depth, really simplified everything. And it's like 28 pages, mm -hmm. 30 pages. It's a, it's a pretty sizable plan, and it goes through the whole process of just making cabinets that would fit anywhere. I mean, if you want to use these in a kitchen, you could probably get away with that. They'd probably be better than any kitchen cabinet mm -hmm. carcasses you might buy elsewhere, very sturdy. Um, so if you want to check that stuff out, it's all at TWWstore.com. There's a couple other plans there. We've got some templates there. We don't have the shirts in for pre-order yet for the morning show. Yeah, we had a little um, uh, snag on that. I didn't, I didn't like the women's shirts, so I had to reorder the women's shirts. Well, and this is one of those things, the way this show works, we really want to make sure that if one, this is one of the few things we do that the men to woman ratio mm -hmm. is actually a lot more favoring women yeah. than anything else we do. So if we're going to provide shirts, we want to make sure they're good shirts that uh, our lady friends might well, enjoy and ladies, wearing. Uh, if you've ever tried to buy t-shirts, it's a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I my anytime I've ever buy, bought any video game shirts, I'm buying three XL. Yeah. Why am I buying 3XL? I don't know. And it's still tight. Mm. The sizing in, in women's shirts, t-shirts especially, are... It's and thanks to companies ridiculous. like Duluth, and I hear Carhartt, it's just as bad. The sizing of men's shirts is all kooky. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to feel good about my body when I buy a t-shirt. Don't do see, that to me. See, you think it would, they would do the opposite for women's t-shirts, make <clears throat> you feel better. Yeah. And there are a few companies that do that, but yeah. No. It's super weird. It's, All right, they, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Clothing I think it's hilarious that they're talking about it in the chat about a pandemic guild discount. <laughs> yeah, that would go over well. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone did ask. He said, do I, do I need to wait till Christmas to get a discount no, look, for the Rubo? Here's the problem. It's a great idea, right? Because yeah. a lot of people are stuck home. And look, I, I know I, I think about marketing. I think about these things. It crossed my mind to be like, well, what if we did like a sale to make it easier for people to get a project they mm -hmm. could do while they're stuck home? Right. And then I'm like, that is so yeah. opportunistic. It's, yeah. It would not go over well. That's I don't think we could pull that off. <laughs> That's not us. Uh, so, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how we can do that and still look like good human beings, Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Uh, unless you guys feel differently about it. <laughs> They're well, just then like... we'll totally do it. <laughs> <laughs> I say I can go either way when it comes to morality and ethics. Eh. Well, fine. I mean, I've done, I've done discounts, you know, join the guild. Listen, kind of this, cr this Cremona virus is a serious thing. It is. You've got to be careful. Not Cremona. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
wondering if you would catch that. <laughs> oh. And that is not meant to make fun of it. No. We, are, we are personally taking the whole thing very seriously. We have a lot of family members who... But if there is an p- opportunity to make a joke that involves uh-huh. Matt, I'm going to do it. So, so speaking of the coronavirus and washing hands and all of that, Jason's over laughing. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> you, but my hands are wrecked Mm-mm. from all the washing. My knuckles are cracking. Ava's knuckles are cracking. Not anymore. So we're all, well, you're Italian. You got the natural I oil. this morning, baby. Um, so I just want to say that I use, I had this product I got from Costco years ago, and my hands were so dry, I, I lathered it up because it's really oily. I put it on before bed, and I woke up, and I was like, wow, that was impressive. Mm-hmm. It's called Egyptian Magic. Moisturized like an Egyptian. And it's like a paste. Mm-hmm. And you take a little bit and you rub it in and it turns into an oil and then you oil oh, it. Oh, no. I was no, you don't it. want it. I don't like oil. No, you don't like oil. But I'm telling you, do it before bed. Um, yeah, you get that like oil they... all over my pillows and covers. Because <laughs> with Ava, she doesn't let me put great idea, anything Nicole. on her hands. So she's sleeping and I'm dabbing it on her hands and her knuckles. But this stuff is good stuff. Can we do a woodworking show? Yeah. You want to do one? No, I'm telling woodworkers have dry hands too. They you do guys actually. Are washing. It's a thing. Jay has that all, all the time. As Here the, you the go. more he gets like direct contact with wood, I, if it's if, really dry, it's like it sucks the moisture right out of the skin. If you put this on before bed, you'll wait your hands. Nice and smooth. No, I got a question it's not here. Oily. Can we just move on? Sure. Please. You're killing me here. <laughs> uh, William Patrick Customs says, thoughts on full-time builders stocking up on material in case of non-essential closings in the next couple of weeks. You know, not to contribute to what is becoming, well, not becoming, already is a problem, is, you know, the sort of frantic, we've got to go out and buy all the toilet paper and mm-hmm. all the antibacterial stuff, which doesn't make any sense. But... Uh, when it comes to a builder, I mean, if you're in a position where if you're in isolation, but you could still build, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea is to think at least a month ahead of time, excuse me, about what materials you might need. So buy a few extra sheets of ply, you know, get some extra lumber, whatever your raw materials are. I don't think that that's, that's a terrible idea at all because places are going to close now simply because they don't want to be a source to bring people in to, to spread this stuff around. And now, even if, even if we get to a point where like we hit all the common sense things to do, avoid the really, really big events, the big gatherings. There's going to be a social pressure uh, for companies, a sort of a feeling of social responsibility to not be open, right? Because that's just other people will be like, what are you guys doing open? People are little bit. It's a whole thing. So yes, go get some extra materials. Make sure you have what you need so that you can at least be productive during this time. Um, and hopefully it won't hurt your business that much. <clears throat> good question, though. That was a really good question. So I've got a ton of questions that I did not preview, Nikki <laughs> that's, P. That's always exciting. What's that? <laughs> when, you don't, when you don't preview them. And I don't. Like, I, 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 like, I just I get so focused on all these other things to mm. prep the show, I forget to do it. Well, I got a question here from Douglas Mug, Mugum. Mugum? Mugum. Uh, Mark, have you thought about nope. making a cardboard or a cup, a cupboard? Cu- cardboard. The word is cupboard, <laughs> Nicole? But it is spelled cupboard. I know, I know. That is in the <laughs> that in the front uh, is like a roll top, but the door goes from left to right or right to left. Cupboard. Nope. Nope. I have not. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I've just never given. Is that it like a roll top desk? Just like a roll top desk, except for things are going sideways. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, instead of going yeah, yeah, up yeah. and down. I, I'm I, still no, trying I to get them to make me a pie save. One day, one day, Nicole. 
I'll give you some tools to make your own paisai. Okay, I'll make my own paisai. Well, we talked about doing it in the beginner course, right? Okay, here we go. I'm going to read these and I'm going to actually, I'm not going to read the real long ones because I, that's too much reading. Uh, let's see, Joshua says... <laughs> it's only supposed to be 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's just a 45 minute show. I'm naive when it comes to spray finishing. I use Danish oil on 9 out of 10 projects that I make. I also like to blend my own oil varnish mixture sometimes. Is this something that can be sprayed or worthwhile too? Uh, also, the cleaning process. How difficult is it? What procedure product works best in cleaning? Your experience. I also would like to use lacquer more, as well as in, um, as well. Hence, some of the reason I want a sprayer. Uh, plus, I'm sure it saves time with larger, hard-to-reach projects. Any and all insight is appreciated. Well, if you're going to use your oil-based finishes in spray form, I mean, it can be done. But if you're spraying like an oil varnish blend, that just seems messy and kind of a bad idea. I mean, you can do it. Like, let's say you had a really big piece that you wanted to, to spread a lot of that stuff on, and you're going to just, like, wipe it back with a cloth afterwards. And it's just a big sculpted piece with a lot of nooks and crannies. I can get behind it then. But if we're just talking about a standard piece of furniture and you're going to spray an oil varnish blend, it just is not a great idea to me. Spraying is one of those things that is best done with quick drying finishes, things that are going to flash off fairly quickly. So your water-based finishes, your lacquers, shellac, uh, even with just you know dyes, water-based dyes, things like that. Uh, once you get into the oil-based stuff, it's not as fun to work with. Uh, now, if you're doing a big table, maybe you want to do a poly finish. <coughs> you throw some in there, and you can lay down a nice, good coat on a flat surface. That should be fine. Um, but anytime you know these oil finishes, they take a long time to dry. So even if it's not like even if it's a film-forming finish, and you want to do a vertical surface, well, good luck getting it not run. You know, running. You're going to have drips and runs all the way down a vertical surface. You're going to definitely have a case of the runs. Yeah. Hey, that's um, a good show title. <clears throat> it is. A case of the runs. <laughs> case of the runs. I'm going to... Write it down now. I'm, I'm going to do it. Do show about But it. me personally, I avoid oil-based in my HVLP gear because I just don't want to deal with it. And if it solidifies in there, you can't really easily wash that stuff out. Things like shellac and lacquer, uh, those can be fairly easily reactivated with um, you know denatured alcohol or lacquer thinner. Uh, so... For me, I just avoid it. Now, if you're going in that direction, you, there's plenty of information out there. Just Google it, uh, which, you know, which material you want to use to wash out what you used in your gun. You know, whether it's water-based, um, shellac, lacquer, these all have thinners and things that you'll use as a cleaner uh, to get that material out of your guns. And it's not a bad idea, you know, if you're going to really get into this stuff to start thinking about dedicating guns and cups to a particular type of finish so you don't have any cross-contamination. Hey, I just want to say, uh, Doug Johnson has the plans to build Norm's Pi Safe. Norm built a Pi Safe. Norm. I don't know what the what your argument is here. I'm just saying, if Norm can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, Norm did a show for like 30 years. <laughs> and he built a lot of hey, things. Hey, we're almost to 15. You're halfway yeah. there. Okay, good. Uh, got a super chat here from Baron B. Buy a cup of coffee or tea for Lorna. Oh, she needs some. She needs Let me some. Tell you, she's going through some stuff. Yeah. So if you're watching, Lorna, we love you. We do indeed. Uh, Tim Mayfield says, "Hey, Mark and Nicole, I used Armor Seal top coat inside the drawers of a dresser before I thought about off-gassing. I wish other people in this house would think about off-gassing a little more. <laughs> you're, you, you don't respect my space." Which you're off gas. Ava was not re respecting your space. No, she was sitting on my lap last night watching a movie. Store. And I'm like, did you just fart? And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> Just like your mother. My question is, can I or should I put shellac on top of Armor Seal to seal it and eliminate the smell? Love the show. Thanks. 
Gosh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can. You can. I don't like doing that, though. The way, I, the way I look at finishes, you've got varnishes, polys, things like that, tend to be a little bit more of a flexible finish. Uh, they tend to take a little bit more of a beating, right? If you, if you think of it, uh, finishes like candy, this is my analogy, uh, your varnishes, your polys, things like that are more like a hard sort of taffy, right? So they're, they've got their own form, their own structure. You could, you know, punch it and it kind of deforms a little bit, but it, it doesn't crack. Uh, but then you've got your hard candies, which are your lacquers and your shellacs. So when you put something that has a little flexibility down, and then you put something that doesn't have much flexibility on top of it, it just feels like it's the wrong thing to do, you know? So that said, it can be done if you use like a de-waxed shellac and you've, you know, lightly sanded the surface a little bit, give it something to grip to. I think it could be done and it could, it might probably sort of maybe, I guess, be okay, but I don't know for sure. And it's something I try to avoid doing. I try to avoid mixing these different kinds of finishes. Now using shellac before you put the poly on, that's something that I've done before, de-wax shellac, do it as like a pre-sealer and then put your armor seal coats on top of that. That seems to work out okay. I mean, maybe this is just a fear that doesn't make any sense. Someone in the chat room maybe has an opinion on this that could help you as well. Um, I just avoid it if possible. Uh, So at the beginning of the show, you hear the guy talking about the coffee and the little quickie lines. If you have any any lines you would like for him to say, oh, the announcer guy, the announcer guy. I thought you were talking about someone in the chat. No, room. no, 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 no. Like, no. Who are you talking? So the announcer guy says funny things. Yeah, yeah. We can get him to say more funny yeah, things. Yeah. So if you have something funny uh, that we typically say, or you know, like a little inside joke, throw it in the the showbot, which is all you have to do is exclamation point s and then type what you want to say. Okay. So I'll collect them that way. Sure. And uh, we'll pick some of our, our favorites. That sounds good. Um, here's, let me go back to the question I was just answering. We're talking about the inside of a, a dresser or something, right? Uh, drawers and things like that. That's a low risk area. So if you want to cover it with, with shellac and just try to get rid of the smell, I'm now going to sort of change my answer a little bit to that and say that maybe it's, it's worth a go because it's not really going to be something that's going to be abused very much. You've got clothes sitting in there. As long as you, you know, give it a good coating and then let that cure completely, it's probably going to be fine. I think I was overthinking that question. Probably. Knowing you. Me overthink something? No. Never. <clears throat> I, want, I want the announcer to say, pine is fine. Pine is fine. <laughs> okay. I got some super chats here. Oh, sure. Uh, today's thirteenth, right? Yep, it, it is. is Friday the thirteenth. So this is from Nicole. Ken Mard. Ken Mard the. Th- oh, it is Friday thirteenth. Mm-hmm. I totally just got that. And we have a Jason. And we have a Jason in here. Ah, that movie scared me as a kid. Sure. Why not? He said hi for your Duncan habit. <laughs> I recently bought eight fifty-inch Bora parallel clamps. Uh-huh. They are not parallel. Armagird. One jaw is off. Pressure does not close the gap. Will this affect my glue-ups? Should I send them back? It could affect your glue-ups. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, watch that panel video that I just released this week uh, with 10 tips on, you know, making better panels. I have uh, jet clamps, and those are pretty parallel, but even then I find that they kind of put more pressure on the top side of the board than the bottom side of the board. So to counteract that, I flip my clamps, and that's something that you could do too. Even if they are severely off, you could flip them so you have one going up and one going down, one going up, one going down, and that might offset the pressure. Anything that it does to induce maybe a cup or a bow and uneven pressure, you could undo that by you know, switching the clamps around. So that might be something you can do. Uh, 
if it's really that far off that it's really noticeable and they don't even come together, that is a little bit problematic. Like I, I would not want to keep clamps like that. So um, I would be on the side of possibly returning them. Um, you at least want to start with something that's close to parallel. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there with a square and like eh, check, check all of my parallel clamps. Uh, it, but if it's so far off that you can notice it without doing that, then I think that's, that's a crappy clamp. It's either bad, you know, it's either a cheap clamp or it's one that, uh, you know, was just a bad manufacturing batch. Cool. Want to do another Patreon? Okay. Uh, Lucas Renardi. Good morning. I saw in recent episodes you raving about the Woodpecker's 26-inch square uh, and their track saw square in another episode. Well, this coincides perfect with the decision I need to make. I have the budget for one of them. Would you recommend the one-trick pony in the track square or the multifunctionality of the large square? Currently, I use a 12-inch square to line up my track saw with very mixed results. Uh, let's see, it hasn't been made clear. Uh, I would be using this item heavily for cross-cutting with the track saw. I would hands down get the track saw square. It's a one-trick pony, but it's a trick you need to do a lot. So from what you describe, it sounds like you would get a lot of use out of that. Um, that framing square, the big 26-inch square, is a beauty. But you know when I use it? When I'm cutting plywood down. Like that's the same sort of uh, operation. But I think the actual cutting operation is the most critical part of that process. And if you can get that thing square, then you lock it in and it will always be square. So you actually don't need to check for square because it's going to be square if you've set it that way. Um, so I would absolutely add the track square first. Okay. Uh, Tony Tang in Patreon questions. Did Tony you? Uh, did you? I think it's hilarious. He said, "Hey, Mark with a K," and then he says, "I almost misspelled your name. <laughs> you did misspell his name." <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> it's okay. <though. laughs> Good job. Almost and then did. <laughs> did you ask? Did you? It's a, it's a longer one. It's one of the long ones that I skipped past. So if All you right. want to read it, go ahead. Uh, based on your experience, how far should I? Place the saw away from the garage. He's in a one-car garage, and he deals with ply, plywood. Well, so he's just kind of thinking in terms of his table, uh, his new table saw, which well, is 36 inches. Well, good way of reducing that down to a very simple question. Thank Thanks. you. Because I didn't read the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. There's it, a lot of questions, but that's the first one. Okay. <laughs> Never mind then. Uh, it really just comes down to thinking about how you process material. So if you're doing a lot of sheet goods and you want a four by eight sheet to go through this table saw, then you need to think about in feet and out feed space. So clearly you're gonna need at least eight feet in front of the blade, mm. eight feet plus, right? So that you can get all the way behind the sheet and then you've got it, you gotta keep it away from the blade a little bit. So you're looking at maybe, you know, you got a foot or so on the saw itself, you know, that, that sits before the blade, then you're gonna have about eight feet from that. So you're probably gonna need a, a good straightforward eight feet between the front of the saw and whatever surface is there. Uh, a lot of people will purposely and strategically orient the saw so that it works in their favor and you can actually lift the garage doors up. He doesn't up. want to do that because he has noise complaints with the neighbors. Don't do that then. <laughs> Just make sure that the saw is at least eight feet from the door. That's going to yeah. do it. And you got to have room for your butt, right? Yeah. Because you got to get behind this thing or sometimes you could be on the side with your arm hooked behind it. Um, but at least eight feet, nine would be ideal. Yeah. And then you have to think about in front of the saw as you push it through, once it gets, think about the blade. It's always about the blade. How far does that eight foot sheet extend once you're past the blade and give yourself a few inches of extra room there. You need that much room in the front. Mm -hmm. And side to side, kind of the same thing. I mean, really the saw itself dictates. 
it's a big like 50 inch saw. It's a it's 36 gonna inch. 36, okay, well then most of the time you're gonna be within that width. So it's not that big of a deal, but having some on the left side of the blade as well, because uh, you don't have a table on the left side, uh, that's a good thing to have too. He also says one car garage, which makes me think that he actually has a two car garage and his wife or significant other has the other half Taking of the, the other space. So if you do have a bigger garage, there might be a you discussion could, that you could have. Or if that's about the case, safety. sometimes you can orient the saw in such a way that you can take the car out for cuts yeah. once in a while and bring yeah. the car back in when you're done. Yeah, that's true too. All right, what else you got there, girl? Oh, uh, well, that was the, a Patreon question. Okay. I have a super chat here from Ryan Sedell. Whiteside Ultimate Spiral Pattern Bit oh, or yeah. Oh, yeah. William Ng's Big Daddy Pattern Bit. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking about it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> He's trying about. to decide between. Well, I mean, are they the same thing or are they different? They're a little bit different. Okay. They are a little bit different. Um, here's the thing. I love William. He's my main man. And he actually sent me. Oh, I wish Jay was here. Oh. What do I pay this guy for? <laughs> hey, Jay. What's he, what's he in there doing? He's probably in there pooping. He probably is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to ask him when he comes back. <laughs> Uh, William actually sent me the new gold-colored ones oh, yeah. that have a, like a special coating. He's like, it doesn't really do much for the cutting, uh, but it looks super cool. The, the William Ng bits are fantastic if you're doing like a lot of flush trim operations on eight-quarter stock. It looks scary. It looks super scary because you've got a big spiral bit like this sticking all the way out of a router table, and it can scare the crap out of you. So I think the way I'm going to, I mean, they both work great. The way I'm going to sort of divide this up is if you are using thick materials and you're cutting like eight-quarter stock and you want to flush trim it all in one go, that's something that William's bit is going to excel at. If you are doing smaller pieces, maybe more three-quarter inch pieces, or you want to use it in, for a handheld operation, you're going to want the white side version. I would probably not use uh, Williams in a handheld router, but the white side ones are a smaller diameter, smaller length. I feel a little bit more comfortable if I have to go with handheld on those. So, but both are, are really going to be great. Uh, everything come out okay, Jay? Okay, he used, he's using up our toilet paper. That'll be <laughs> do you 50 see, cents. Do you want to see the bit? You want to ask? Yeah, go that? ahead, Jay. Can you grab me? It's probably in a plastic case. No, 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 no. It's uh, William Ng's gold colored. In the drawer, top right drawer, the gold-colored Big that Daddy way. bit. This way. Nope. Over there. Over there. <laughs> up, up, down. Is there like a white plastic box? Oh, you talking about that gold. That, yeah, because all of our other bits are gold too, right? Yes. <laughs> They're all gold-bladed. That's how we do it. You should, see, you should see Jay's teeth. He's got some gold ones in there. Yeah. All right. Does he? No, Look he at doesn't. this. Look at this thing. Wow. Look at this. Show the, use the camera. Oh, I will use the camera, Nicole. We have the technology. We do have the technology. I will use the technology. Oh, what is that? Oh, oh, this is a great book. It's kind of warped. Did you get water I on it? I think it got water on the back of it. Did Look at this. Take it to the bathroom it and just, have a little problem. Yeah, it just happened to be sitting here. Uh, if you go to essentialjoinery.com, you oh. can get a copy of this. Does that URL still work? It does. Also available on Amazon.com, oh. Nicole. All right, let's get this wonderful book out of the way. Mm. And uh, let's take a look. You're such a dork. Let's take a look at the, the, the bling. <laughs> so this is the big daddy bit he was talking about. If you go to William Ng's site, I think it's WN Woodworking School. Yeah, it is. And WN. he probably has a store there where you could pick this I'll put up. A, I'll put a link in the, in the chat. If this doesn't cause you to drop a little Hershey kiss in your pants. What? You might want to check your, uh, 
check your heart rate. You might not be alive. He has a lot of, well, so he has two. He has the Big Daddy Gold. Yeah, that's what I have here. And the Big Daddy Pattern. Yeah, so, well, yeah, then the pattern, so, that might, does, is the bearing? Yeah, they're both the same. They're both the same. So anyway, this this is just, if you want to, you know, like I said, William's my, my homeboy, and you might want to go check it out. Uh, the other one is the white side. I don't have that on, well, it's in the drawer, but that would take 10 minutes to find. So there you go. There's I the mean, look at that. link in the chat, and there you go. Look at this. It's like having sweet rims on your, your ride. You know what I'm saying? Nicole, <laughs> can you keep up with my lingo? What? <laughs> Look, Apparently not. <laughs> us young folks these days, we have a lot of lingo. Uh, All right, so what else we got? I got plenty of questions. Get wrecked. Get wrecked. That's what Mateo's, our son. Mateo's favorite thing to say. Get wrecked, Dad. Get wrecked. Uh, okay, <laughs> should we do my good buddy Chris Kalnassi's question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He says, I need to laminate rough uh, two rough four-quarter walnut boards to what will end up being as close to eight-quarter as it will be. They need to end up being 10 inches wide and four feet long. So in a situation like this, how can, uh, how can you make sure you promote absolute even clamping so that you don't end up with voids when the boards are wider than the throat of a jet parallel clamp? I have a whole gaggle of 12 inch parallels at my disposal. I'm not sure what the best way to attack it is. Um, he says, thanks, goodliest of buddies. <laughs> Talking was my good buddy. He proved it. This is just uh, this is a case for calls, my friend. I think if you if you could actually get another board, maybe a piece of plywood, the same dimension as the two four quarter pieces you're putting together, and sandwich it. Think about almost like you're going to be putting this thing into um, like a veneer press or a, a vacuum press, right? So the whole thing acts as a call. So when you put those parallel clamps on the outside edges you get some pressure in the middle. But I would even supplement that further by adding additional clamps. If you have some F-style clamps that maybe can reach in the middle, I would use those to do that. Um, if you want to take this down a notch and not do something like that, you at the very least want to have wide calls between each set of 12-inch clamps, right? So each one clamping from the end, you sandwich it, and you've got a nice four-inch wide call or something like that. That's going to put pressure and help that pressure go into the middle of the board. You can get even more fancy with it if you wanted to do some kind of a cambered call that has a slight curvature to it. So by the time you clamp the outside, you're getting pressure in the middle as well, right? But that's going to take a little finessing to get that to work, right? Um, but just calls. Calls are going to be the thing that's going to save your bacon on this and, and give you uh, at least even pressure across the, the board's width. <clears throat> hey, did, we, did you get that package from Mitch opened yet? Nope. Sorry, Mitch. Well, I did open it. Okay. I didn't do anything okay. with it, so right, it's right. no good for okay. me to, to talk about it right We'll talk now. about it next week. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah. We didn't hang this either. Oh, yeah. We're working a little bit more closely with MLCS, yeah. by the way. They, we've always been very friendly with them. For a long time. Uh, even back before, I think, what was it, when Eagle America, Eagle America. They had a change of ownership. And they're like, who are these two yahoos? Yeah. And then uh, M MLCS came into the picture, and now we're um, uh, talking with Mitch. Mitch yeah. is our good buddy. And... Uh, this is a sign we're going to have somewhere in the back. Anyway, good company, good router bits. Check them out. Hashtag ad. Yeah. And <laughs> and there's a they have a guild discount with us. So mm -hmm. if you're a guild member and you're looking at router bits or any of their tools on either Eagle America or... Merrill Clamp. The Merrill Clamp. The Merrill Clamp is like, still to this day, every time I use it, I'm like, I love this thing. More yeah. people need to be talking about this thing. So yeah, uh, if you're a guild member, you have running... He just renewed both discounts until the end of the year. That is fabulous. Yeah. That's so fabulous. 
Uh, Cole Mason says, with my garage shop, I prefer to work with the big garage door open whenever I can to enjoy fresh air and sunlight. You and me both. I like to do that too. My problem is that when the door is open, it draws neighbors over that want to socialize rather than letting me be alone with my projects. Oh, well, hold up. Is this really a problem now? Yeah. Because no, I'd be like, it won't be now. stay away. I've got to have that social distance. Yeah, social distance. <laughs> okay. While my neighbors are good folks, uh, any suggestions on setting boundaries so I can actually get projects done to keep my wife happy? You've had a few drop-ins. Drop-ins are tough because you don't want to be rude to your neighbors. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you're running power tools. You're, you know, working. You're trying to get something done. It can be very difficult if you have, like, somewhat nosy neighbors. You could uh, implement a technique I do with kids. And you could say, hey, I got five minutes. And you set a timer. <laughs> you set a timer on your phone. And when it goes off, you're like, okay, I got to go back to work. I mean, it sounds, maybe it's a little bit goofy to do this. But you may put up, build yourself a little post, right? And then get some kind of do not disturb sign. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. Working. Yeah, yeah, like working, please do not disturb. And it's not that you're being rude. I don't think they would interpret that as rude. It's a safety thing. You could even put on there, you I know. I scare you. Um, for my safety, please do not disturb. And here's the thing. Like there's a lot of times where I'm so in the, the zone and I've got hearing protection on, mm -hmm. eye protection I've got a respirator on. I'm kind of like zoned out to the world. So there are times that someone could be standing there for 10 minutes and I might not even know that they're there. I've done that before where I go, well, I guess I'll come back later. So if you've got this stuff, you got all your gear on, you got a sign out there that says do not disturb. And even if you see the person out of the corner of your eye, pretend like you didn't see them, right? And just keep working and they'll see the sign and they'll get the hint. And I honestly, I don't think... Would you would you be put off by that if you went to go to your neighbor's, no. their garage door was open, and because there was a do not disturb sign right at the entry? You wouldn't think that was rude. You're like, no. okay, this person. Then I would text want to be I, if if I was friends with them. Then I would just sit, text them and let them know I was there and to reach out to me when they were done. Right. Too bad you can't do like a do not disturb thing like you do on texts, right? Like an automatic yeah. thing. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. tell them. Please, I'm working right now. But I, I, that's honestly what I would do. I would make a sign and just put a smiley face on it so they know you're, you're not being a jerk. Everything, everything, okay. everything I do and write has a smiley face on it now. Yeah. Oh, here's a question. This is the, the last one that I have on the list. But Really? You got well, no, I mean, all I, I went, oh. It's all the way at the end of the list. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. Uh, Matt Roberson wants to know if there's any lathe projects in the future. And yes, but you might be disappointed because I'm doing a project right now uh, that is our nesting tables project. And I had to make a segmented ring and I wanted to show two ways to take that uh, octagonal segmented thing and turn it into a circular ring. One of the ways to do that is at the lathe, the other way is with a router. Um, so I actually did use the lathe to do that and it's probably not going to be very exciting as far as lathe work goes. But technically, I turned it on and I used my, my lathe tool, so I think that counts. Okay. Uh, Chris, uh, Christoph said, oh no, Christopher says he keeps the door 50% open. You do that too. Where yeah, you but don't uh, underestimate mm -hmm. people's ability to go, hey, Bob, <laughs> what are you doing under there? Like, get out of here. They'll go under. Now, 25% open, it's a little different story. <laughs> they might not be able to get under there. Okay, Mike Davies says, was thinking about the other day um, and wanted your off the top of your head take on it. What is it about woodworking that makes it so addictive? At first, I thought it was the satisfaction of creating something from nothing. Uh, but even when I'm not making anything, I want to be in my shop surrounded by my tools and wood. Just the idea of woodworking makes me happy and was wondering why. Maybe that's weird. 
I don't think it's weird at all, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of hobbies are like this. I don't think this is My exclusive to woodworking. Is, I feel the same way about quilting. You get into it with quilting. Somebody who is a, who likes to go fishing, uh, people who work on cars. I think it's the joy of a hobby, no matter what that hobby is. Um, you know, so woodworking is no exception. And there's a lot to it. There's a lot of elements to it, and a lot of things to love about it. So even if you know you're not in love with the design process, but you love building, well, there's something for you. Even if you don't really build very many things, but you love collecting tools, there's something for you. You know, so I think it's a, as far as hobbies go, it's a good hobby because there's actually most of the time a productive end product mm-hmm. like quilting. You mm-hmm. know, uh, if you're someone who just I don't know what other things there are. There are lots of other hobbies that you don't you don't walk away with anything else other than the experience, like reading. Sure. Well, you walk away with knowledge. Potentially, you know, but but there are a lot of hobbies out there that just purely give you enjoyment, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So I think woodworking is, you know, stamp collecting. No, you have stamps. I'm trying to find a hobby that doesn't have an output. There's you got to find a good one. (laughs) You help. Uh, Golf. Uh, Now there is a you're improving your golf game. You're also getting exercise. Maybe you're having a business meeting. Sort of. Yeah, you got exercise. You got You got to walk eighteen around. holes. You know, but there's some exercise yeah. there. But I, there, there are definitely hobbies that are a little less in terms of a tangible item, and that's fine. That's what hobbies are for. Mm-hmm. They're meant to distract you from the, the the crap that you're going through every day and something to be fun. Yeah. I just think woodworking as a hobby is one of, one that actually does produce some tangible great results. Yeah. That can make especially a if you work in an industry where. Everything's digital. Yeah. Like a computer programmer, sure. accountant, like all that stuff. You're on a computer all day long. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. Adam Elliott says, hello, friends. I was curious if you found yourself with a surplus of shop time, how would you spend it? Would you look to deepen an existing skill or is there a skill or project that you've been holding off until you had the capacity? The best answer is probably spend time with family so your second best answer works. <laughs> Thanks in advance. Um, yeah, I think most of the time when I do have extra time, I go back on that whole shop improvement train. Mm-hmm. Like I can never get off that. It's always something, excuse me, that's on my mind. Going back to the other question about it being a hobby, part of this hobby to me that I love is making my space more efficient, finding better ways to store things to make so when I am building a project, things are just easier for me. So I usually, when I have extra time, I go into things like that. Um, but these days when I have extra time as someone who makes, you know, content for a living, I think about making a piece of content that wasn't normally on the schedule, you know? So that's part of my challenge too, is balancing that stuff along with, um, I don't know, shop organization projects. You know, it also would be a good thing. Kumiko has been something that everybody has been telling me I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, uh, if you look at some of the kits that are out there, What's that one that we have over there that I took out the other day? Jo- Johnny, Johnny something. Remember the little yeah, cardboard yeah, box with yeah. the Kumiko kit in he, it? Uh, his kits, we have a guild discount is it, for that. Is it in the outfeed table? Let me find, <clears throat> find his uh, website real quick. Johnny some, bu- something Bukas. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I'm going to. Super I, nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I ran uh, into him. At, there we go. There we go. So there's Put this. that link in there. Don't worry about it. We'll get the link here. Um, JT Wood. Johnny, I told you something, Bukas. Johnny Trumbukas. <laughs> Woodworks. I ran into this guy at a... Workbench. I, I almost said Comic-Con. At a WorkbenchCon. The opposite of Comic-Con <laughs> yeah. is WorkbenchCon. Right. <laughs> yes, they are not the same. 
I ran into him, of all places, at the uh, the Waffle House. <laughs> nice. And now he's like, hey, I was the guy that sent you that. I was like, oh, okay, I know who you are now. Well, I looked at that kit, and I'm like, this is a fantastic kit. Become, it comes with a ready-to-go Kumiko project that you can kind of just get the, the hang of it. And I, I looked through, I haven't done it yet, but I looked through the instructions, and it is so well produced and so well organized. And as someone who really kind of, one of my other hobbies is organization. Uh, seeing a well-written set of plans for something that could be fairly complex like Kumiko with all the different angles. Um, the way he put this together is really impressive. So we have a, a discount code in the guild mm -hmm. if you want to buy one of the kits. But otherwise, 10% off, I think. It's still a good price. Go check them out at, what is it, jtwood.works. And uh, great little kits. I mean, really well done. You'll see on the page. It just it's it's as good as it looks. Yeah. So check check that out for sure. Kumiko. Uh, there's a question that came in from Michael Root, and he said, "How do you add pictures on your website under viewer projects?" So on the guild, we have a submissions for guild projects. On the free site, I, I'm driving myself nuts because there used to be. Let me finish this for okay. you. Okay. <laughs> John and I are making decisions. Now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. We used to have viewer projects. It was a regular feature on our website. People would send us pictures and we would feature their projects no, I'm on talking, the site. I'm just talking about the he they build, like, say, the trestle table and they want to submit it to put it in the Is gallery. Is that what he's talking about? I think that's what he's talking about. I don't think so. Because I'm... Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. There's two things. If I build a project and I encourage other people to build it and they send me pictures of something that comes from one of our projects, we do usually put a little gallery in there uh, on the post itself. Okay. Yes. And we go, here's what other people built. I think he's talking about our viewer projects uh, area, yeah. which is just any project for any he, viewer. He said, I sent pictures of a desk <coughs> I built for my wife. For yes. Okay. So he, see, we're on the same page. No, 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 I don't know what you're talking I'm, about. I, your I thought he, he meant I built that project nope. that you <clears throat> made. So here's the thing. Our problem is that that has kind of, like the world has moved on mm -hmm. to a different way of doing things. Uh, we don't get very many submissions, like maybe one every couple of months. Yeah. Same thing with shop tours. So what, what we're, we're in a world now where everybody has their ability to publish their own photos. And a so lot of them do it on Facebook, like a Facebook group. Right. Like, hey, look at what I just <clears throat> built. And if they send us something, chances are it's the same thing they've already posted to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Um, so it's just something that I, we don't really see the need to continue to do the viewer projects. Now, they're going to stay there. They will always be there because, you know, there's some beautiful things in there. Uh, great project inspiration. But we're just not taking any more in because... It just feels like the world has moved on when yeah. it comes to showcasing projects. We're taking that energy and putting it towards other things in the... Knitting. No, like the store. I mean, right. a lot of this stuff takes manpower. Yeah, we're actually right now going through a little bit of a redesign on the Wood Whisperer site to accommodate the fact that we need to focus more on what's current, what's new, mm -hmm. and, and what we want to draw people's attention to as opposed to making it seem like an online version of a book. You know, with all of right. the archived information right. that we have, which is all still going to be there, but just, you know, a little bit of a rejigging. Jiggy, you know what I'm saying? Getting jiggy with it. We're getting jiggy na, with na, it. Na, 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 na. Okay. <laughs> We're just about done. Um, uh, I you have want some... to answer or get some questions from the, from the chat? I have a super chat from Morgan Nelson. I'm making some coasters out of maple, walnut, paduke, purple heart. Problem is, I can't find any consistent... Cons Find anything consistent online about the best way to finish them. Coasters? Yeah. Well, it's a coaster, you know, so it's going to take some abuse. 
you've got some exotics in there, some that are going to be tough to finish and might have some bleeding issues in color between, especially that Paduke can be problematic. You know, for me, if I were making coasters, I would probably just finish them with some kind of oil and wax, uh, something that's easy to refresh and renew, but just repels water. You know, and that wax is going to be a, a big help there. Um, but now you, you've complicated things by mixing woods that tend to bleed into one another. So if you just hit it with oil, you may wind up getting some of that orange color seeping into the woods next to it. Um, so you may be stuck doing something that kind of prevents that from happening. And spraying maybe a lacquer, very light coats of lacquer, to lock that color in is how we would normally do it. Uh, and then maybe building up your finish from there. Um, but again, I, that's not the, ideally, I personally would not necessarily want a lacquered coaster. Um, but it can be done. It will repel liquids, but, but if we I don't know how well it's going to well, work. Well, if there's water on the bottom of it if it and it pools... It's, it could get really slippery. That's why those sandstone coasters are so nice. Yeah, absorption it sucks in the, can be part of the yeah. the joy of the, the coaster. Yeah. You know, you could try... Jeez. Oh, because I had... The I bleed had, is the problem. I though. had bought some of those um, where they slice the wood, where it's like little hockey pucks mm -hmm. of wood, and it was super slippery. I got them at like TJ Maxx. Those were the worst coasters. I hated them. I threw them away. Yeah. I did not like them. Okay, uh, Don Sargood says, when are you gonna put on more guild projects? Well, we have one in April mm -hmm. and there are... Maybe you missed the announcement of how guild projects are gonna go. Right, there will be no advanced, major advanced pre-orders anymore. So if you were expecting the pre-order list to keep growing, that's not gonna happen. Projects will be put up for pre-order for a limited amount of time, but that's like right before they are ready to be released. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, the, the, last, the last project to have this new format or the old format is probably going to be Daryl's. So Daryl's has been on pre-order for like a year and a half. I mean, it's been yeah. ridiculous how long that thing's been on pre-order. Um, and we're not doing that anymore. So yeah. just keep your eyes peeled and make sure you're subscribed to our newsletters. And we'll certainly announce things here. When a project is ready to be pre-ordered, we will announce it and we'll make sure everybody knows. Um, and we do have some great things coming up. Obviously, this whole coronavirus has been a challenge. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to be going to Seattle uh, next week, in fact, or the week after next. Yeah. Um, that trip is postponed Postpone. right now. Um, we have other trips to California and to Texas that are, you know, potentially in jeopardy, depending on how this whole thing hashes out. So I don't know. Bottom line is we're, we're going to do whatever is the safest, smartest thing for us to do, and projects will come out when they're ready. And I did put a link <clears throat> in the chat about the the updates, the changes for 2020 with pre-orders and how we're going to move forward. Yeah. Uh, Robert says he uses BLO, boiled linseed oil, on coasters. You don't want them to repel too much because it'll get on, um, it'll get on the surface negating the purpose of the coaster. Make them all slippery. Which is what we were saying. Make them all slippery. But again, you just put boiled linseed oil over that paduke in there and they're, I mean, try it. But you could have a lot of color bleed. And depending on what wood it's sitting next to, if it's a dark wood, it might not be too big of a deal. Plan D Woodworks wants to know if there's an ETA on the inexpensive starter tool project. Well, that, It might be happening sooner. It might be happen happening sooner than later yeah. because I'm not traveling as yeah. much in the near future. So uh, next week, we do have somebody coming in to do the, C the beginning CNC course mm -hmm. with us. We're going to film that whole thing. After that point... I've got, you know, a free site project to do. I want to do the big green egg table. Can you make me a <clears> clock <throat> for the one I, I broke in the kitchen? Oh, well, I don't know. We'll see. That's a big clock, though. 
I've seen some really nice wooden I'll show clocks. some examples. Okay. Um, but we'll, I, I do want to do the big green egg table as we're coming into the, the spring uh, and summer grilling season. Uh, but then I think I'm probably also on the side going to start working on that um, beginner-focused course, if you will. So, it, it, like I said, may wind up happening sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. Uh, in California, where Jory Brigham is, where is he in California? Oh, somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I forget. In this area. Some sand something, Nicole. San. That should narrow it down. Bernardino. <laughs> San Bernardino. <laughs> No, I'm going to put a link. It's uh, on his website. Yeah, he does classes there. Yeah, he There's does no class, secret where yeah, he is. Yeah. I'll put a link. Jory lives in middle of California. <laughs> middle California-ish. San Jose? No. No. San. I, I just want to say Bernardino. No. <laughs> San Juan? No. Okay. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. You know, if you... Um, that was a long pause. No, I'm just looking. Sorry I'm, for I'm, the audio listeners there. Right? No, it's a it's a time for them to collect their thoughts, Nicole. It's a necessary thing. Uh, everybody's talking. You mentioned clock, and yeah, everybody's pointing out the, the clock is wrong. I know. We know it's wrong. I think I, I honestly think it's broken. It might be broken, or we need for the to change day, the batteries. I set the day, yeah, but it's still like the second hand is still clicking, just fine. Yeah. It's I don't know. Well, let's change the batteries. See if it still okay. doesn't work. All right. Uh, yeah, Gazank got it. It's San Fran Jose, Nicole. That's where that's where Jory is. Uh, Goodness, yep. they do call him the San Fran San Francisco treat for a reason. <laughs> Anything else? Rancho Cucamonga. What else we got? Are we done? We're done. I think, I think we're done. yeah. We we have more questions, and we'll well we have an after show. We'll roll them over to the after Did show. Did you guys know we have an after show? Oh yeah. We do. So we have an after show that we're going to do when we stop recording here. We will pick up the after show. It's available to Patreon subscribers. Uh, what, even the lowest level, you mm-hmm. get access to mm-hmm. the after show. Um, so it's just a little extra thing that we do to say thank you uh, for helping to support More goofiness. Us. It's more of the same nonsense and maybe tends to get a little bit more off topic um, sometimes. But, you know, whatever you guys ask, that's the mm-hmm. questions we answer. So uh, is that it? Are we done? Yep. Okay, I feel like I didn't get as much of the chat in today. Pasa Robles. Uh, Thank you, uh, Nicholas. That's where it is. I told you it was saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Somebody said, I thought the clock was trolling us. <laughs> it is. Uh, let me tell you about clocks. Yeah. If, you, if you're a content producer, you just a little engagement trick, right? Engagement means people making comments, people interacting with your content. Put a clock and then make it not work. <laughs> If you just want comments to come in, you will get comments. Your clock's wrong. You will get comments, and they will come in, and they will come in years later. It doesn't matter. People will complain about the clock. Decades later. Best thing to do is just take the batteries out, leave it up there, and you will get comments like crazy. It's a great little <laughs> trick. That's a pro tip for you guys if you're if you're a, uh, a, a just beginning starting YouTuber. Oh, John Ponto wants to know if you have an update on the curb scraper you mentioned a while back. Uh, we're moving forward with yep, it. Um, nothing yet. I'm waiting for uh, JT to, to get them made. He's got you know he's one dude doing a lot of work, uh, so it's in the pipeline. Don't have an exact date for them, but I'm thinking as we get into spring, we'll probably have those available. Okay. Mm-hmm. All righty. All right. Well, I'm sorry I didn't get to um, more of these questions here. Um, there's a lot of good ones. Well, <clears throat> roll them over. Well, no, I'm going to close this and okay. the chat disappears. <laughs> ask, come over to the after school okay. and ask it again. Yeah. So thanks everybody for watching. Uh, stay safe stay out safe. there. Uh, stay home and, and buy some guild projects. That'll make you feel better. Build some woodworking. Go do some woodworking. That's a good, healthy, solitary <laughs> task. 
<laughs> or, or quilting. Or quilting. It's a good time. Yeah, whatever you're into. Whatever it. you're into. We don't care. Do what you want to do. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye. Bye.